we know usually that a high return is matched with a higher risk, but so far the private creditors are having their cake and eating it. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at the global debt crisis. Many developing countries were already struggling to stay afloat after taking on more debt during the pandemic. Now, with the economic waters turbulent and interest rates rising, the burden of borrowing is even heavier. When the costs get too severe, governments must divert spending from health, education and other public services that are essential for development. Will they get a lifeline to keep them from drowning in debt? Well, joining me now is Penelope Hawkins, Senior Economic Affairs Officer at UNCTAD's Debt and Development Finance Branch. From South Africa, she's an economist and policy advisor who has worked in the public and private sectors. Penelope likes freshwater swimming, walking her dog and singing in the shower. Well, to start, please give us an overview why the current situation is so treacherous, particularly for developing countries. There's really a backstory that happened prior to COVID. Even before COVID, public and external debt was on the rise and UNCTAD warned about that. And when COVID occurred, that devastated the economy and external earnings through the loss of tourism and other exports. So throughout the COVID period, let's be clear, the debt of both developed and developing countries increased. But of course, developing countries have less capacity to deal with that increased indebtedness. Now we know there have been some recovery, but of course, the war in Ukraine set things back again. The effect of the war was to take food, fuel and fertilizer prices to new levels. Now the Federal Reserve Bank has announced a determined program to try and reduce inflation. That increases interest rate and there's going to be capital outflows from developing countries. It's already started. Since the beginning of the year, 90 developing countries have already experienced a depreciation of their currencies. Who is the money owed to? Now, is this debt mainly from issuing bonds or are there big loans as well? That's changed over time. So as globalization has taken effect and the easy money policies after the global financial crisis in 2007 to 2009 took place, private capital flowed into developing countries because the returns in places like the US and Europe were very, very low. In fact, sometimes negative. So while the creditors of low-income countries are still mainly official creditors from developed nations like Japan or emerging countries like China, Increasingly, bonds represent the greater portion of debt, especially in middle-income countries. And in fact, if one looks at the profile of public and publicly guaranteed debt around developing countries, almost 50% of that is owed to bondholders, and that's private capital. So if a country does default and isn't able to repay its debts, what does it mean? Is this just... A stigma? No, I think there definitely are serious repercussions. It has a very serious impact on the citizens of the country over a long term. Remember that when a country defaults, it typically has reached a wall of debt repayments. It can no longer repay. And so this puts the global markets on notice for any future debt that the country might have. 
So immediately access to finance to help meet repayments or rollover short-term loans becomes markedly more expensive. That affects the terms of future bonds and loans in the coming years. And in the times of crisis, if the IMF and the World Bank step in, they usually do that, but demand fiscal austerity, which means spending cuts. And most often, that affects the man in the street in terms of spending on education, health, food and fuel subsidies. Most countries will do anything they can to keep repaying. Think of Sri Lanka. They kept repayments going even while risking their capacity to import grain to feed their population. Is Sri Lanka a unique case? Well, every country is unique. But Sri Lanka has also demonstrated palpably that the international recognition of the situation and response to a middle-income country came too late. If you're asking, are we expecting other defaults? Then I think the answer is yes. What concerns us is the high debt servicing burden. In Africa, typically 50 to 60% out of every unit of currency raised by government is paid away in debt servicing. So the implications for sustainable development goals and the Agenda 2030 is quite bleak. If we always prioritise repayments over development, we don't break out of that cycle. Okay, so in the past, as you said, the IMF and the World Bank took the lead. But what will happen now? Is there an appetite among these other creditors to restructure these debts? Well, during COVID, the official creditors, which means the other sovereign countries, did provide relief for countries that were struggling the most. But it was very notable that the private creditors did not. Now, some have argued that they have invested in developing countries with a view to achieving high returns. And we know usually that a high return is matched with a higher risk. But so far, the private creditors are having their cake and eating it. Mm. So what can be done then? Well, I think we see that debt is necessary for development. There's no developed or advanced country that didn't get to where they are without either external financing and debt. We need to have a more formally recognized process that allows for debt restructuring, where both the debtor countries and the creditors, private and public, know and accept the process. We need to have a principle of enabling countries to repay debt. The 1953 London Agreement, which was around the repayment of Germany's war debt, is a good place to start. We could talk about this for much longer, Penelope, but thank you for being this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, untad.org. I'm Sarah Thomas in Geneva. Goodbye for now.